Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. Last night I was at a very crowded, one of those beautiful two theaters in uh, in um, Westwood to see uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's latest movie. And it oh, just it felt boy. like old times again, man. It was wonderful. I mean, it, it was, it really felt good. And I got an excellent parking place right in front of the theater. It was, <laughs> it was licorice pizza. Licorice parking. Yeah. <laughs> the Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. So here we are with another look at the ever-changing world of entertainment. I'm Arch Campbell. Lou Katz is in the control room. And my guest today is uh, someone I greatly admire. She's one of the creators of the Washington Area Film Critics Association. She writes for RobertRogerEbert.com. And she is nationally syndicated as the movie mom. And she is my favorite movie mom, (laughs) Nell Minow. And hello, Nell. Hello, Arch. I hate to think of how long we've been friends because it makes me feel old. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's something to be said for longtime friendships. So That's I right. don't even count anymore. That's I'm right. just, I'm happy to be here. Well, we like to start by asking our guests, what are you watching just for fun? So when you relax at night, what are you turning on to watch? Well, let's see. Now that uh, I've blitzed through all of Ted Lasso at least twice, mm, mm, uh, yes, yes, wow. I'm back back to watching Turner Classic Movies. They had in November. They had a great selection. They had a salutes to dance numbers. They had salute to Lucille Ball. Uh, they had a look to, <laughs> they had they had a whole bunch of 60s sex comedies which was a very strange time a very very strange time and uh so that's a lot of doris day and rock hudson so uh that's where i've been lately so and you know uh one of the movies that is coming up and uh quite discussed is being the ricardos so before we get into that uh which lucy movie did you like people have forgotten lucille ball was had kind of a showgirl's career in the uh, early 40s. That's right. You know, my favorite performance by Lucille Ball in her movie days was mm-hmm. uh, when she appeared opposite uh, Tracy and Hepburn in a movie set here in Washington called Without Love. And really? she's, she's kind of the B story. She's got a thing going with Keenan Wynn and, uh, and another girl is trying to get her hooks into him. And she is absolutely terrific in that Mm. just as a smart beautiful confident terrific i just i love that performance call off your dog why i might bite him might bite you too if i knew who you were i'm the caretaker (laughs) shut up diz lie down who me i'm excited that turner classics is uh they have scheduled the original Nightmare Alley from 1947 with Tyrone Power. Still one of the scariest (laughs) movies I've ever seen. I'm going to tell you a bit of trivia about that movie Uh that that I bet you don't know. (laughs) All right. Now, I know you know C.S. Lewis, who wrote the Narnia books. And you've probably seen one or both of the movies about his romance with Joy Gresham shadowlands both both terrific the british version and the american version well you might remember that c.s lewis the narnia guy married joy gresham who was on the run from a horribly abusive husband Mm. he has one movie credit he wrote nightmare alley really yeah wow so he must have been quite something because that is one crazy movie yeah 
Yeah, I can't wait to see what they do in the remake. So yeah. uh, among your many attributes, you are one of the creators of the Washington Area Film Critics Association. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is voting week. There's an annual award for best picture and best performances in various categories. And uh, first of all, what's been the response to the WAFCA awards? Uh, I'll tell you a funny, if slightly embarrassing story about that, okay? <laughs> Good. We love those. <laughs> I, I, made, I made two absolutely monumental mistakes the first year that we gave out awards. Uh, you know, it's, uh -huh. I mean, uh, these, are, these are just two completely idiotic things that I did. First most idiotic thing, I didn't tell Allied we were doing it. And so they had assured the studios there was no such thing as a Washington Area uh -huh. Film Critics Award. And, they, and I made them look bad and I'm extremely sorry about that. But the other thing I did that was really stupid was we didn't do two levels of voting. So you have to, as you know, we do nominations and we narrow it down and then we do our final vote. And what happened then was that our number one vote winner had three votes. The votes were so scattered, but we went ahead and we announced it. And the next day in the Washington Post, it said number one film of the year, Washington area film prints in the end. Should I even ask what uh, what the winner was of the oh, three I'll votes? Oh, I'll tell you. It was Road to Perdition. Uh, well, you know, that's a pretty good movie. I've been looking back over the uh, track record and uh, Wafka's track record, and I vote too, I must yeah. say. So uh, let me add that. The track record is pretty good as a predictor for the Oscars. It is, but in, in and that's great. I'm not sure that predicting the Oscars is the best <laughs> badge of quality. You know, the Oscars, I, oh. I, I don't think that there's a lot of correlation. I think actually the critic awards are more legitimate <laughs> Uh, predictors of quality than the industry awards because we see everything so we really yeah. which, is, yeah. which is why but there was so much scatter the first year that we voted we see everything whereas i think the academy members mostly see the things that are sent to them for awards consideration and so there are a lot of films that i am voting for in this early stage that i know won't make it to the to the second level of votes but i just like to put my imprimatur on them anyway yeah, we're going to go there, right? Okay. Uh, about the Oscars. How important are the Oscars anymore? What's the position of the Oscars? Uh, I think, I, I think uh, even though they are controversial, even though they are still so white, even though uh, the, the majority of voters are old white guys uh, and therefore not very representative, nevertheless, the Oscars still stands out as the most prestigious award that there is. I mean, it's up there with the Nobel Prize, I think. <laughs> and, and there's a reason that now when you see a trailer, it says Oscar nominee so-and-so, Oscar winner so-and-so. And even I was watching a movie yesterday uh, uh, that I enjoyed very much, Don't Look Up. I hope we get to talk about it. And I'm going, wow, this has got four Oscar winners in it. That's pretty, that's pretty impressive. I think we're in a period of change and i don't know where we are but i'm still uh following the oscars and i follow uh wafka mm -hmm. so uh let me impose on you to okay. uh, mention some of the contenders uh should we just stick with best picture or should we go to actor and yeah i think too? we can talk about some of the performances too but I want to just sort of make a general comment that I was surprised as I'm putting together my top 10 list of the year 
I may end up with four black and white movies in my top 10. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think oh. I want to mention that. That is really uh, something that's very different that we have not seen since the 1940s. So Belfast and mm-hmm. uh, Come On, Come On and uh, Passing. And Passing is- and, the tra- and the Tragedy of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. All absolutely fantastic movies. And all of them will either be in my top 10 or in my runner. Up. I thought they were all terrific, and the cinematography in all of them was great. For what it's worth, I'm a big fan of passing, especially the black and white photography, and but also uh, the film and the entire package. And I uh, I'm going to reveal that I'm going to put it on my Wafka ballot just just to get it out there. I I think it's I think uh, it could you know I think Tessa Thompson and, uh, and Ruth Negga could mm-hmm. get. And Andre Holland could, are, are all possible nominees. I want to mention one other theme that I see in the top films this year. Just in the last couple of weeks, we have seen three movies made by, by adult children about their parents. So we've had Belfast with Sir Kenneth Branagh about right. his parents. And I hope someday my children make a movie about me and make me look as glamorous. <laughs> yes. He, he, <laughs> he did. He did. That, that scene where they're dancing together, I was just beside myself. Uh, and then, of course, King Richard. Uh-huh. Venus mm-hmm. and Serena yes. Williams and their sister Isha made a movie about their parents. And then next week, we're going to be seeing uh, Being the Ricardos, where I was surprised to see that Lucy... Arnez and Desi Arnaz Jr. produced the film uh, about ah. Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. I, I was not aware of the Lucy and Desi Arnaz Jr. Uh, connection to being the Ricardos. Um, uh, that's, that's quite interesting. It that's, is. It puts, it puts it in a very interesting context because it has some very intimate uh, material about their marriage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm a big Aaron Sorkin fan. Yeah. So, that movie is not going to be in my top 10, but there are many things about it that I like a lot. Yeah, I've got big uh, one of that. And in fact, I've got, I just got a link to it today. So uh, uh, listen, if, I if I, my idea of heaven includes living in a world where all of my dialogue is written by Aaron Sorkin, because <laughs> you can't beat it. Uh, <laughs> Well, if you were putting together a top 10, and I'm working on a top 10, yeah. uh, what would it look like? Is Belfast at the top of your list as it is with mine? You know, I, generally speaking, do a maybe a top one, and then everybody mm-hmm. else tied for second place, because yeah. I just don't have the brain power to devote to whether something is number six or number eight. Yeah. So I will, tell, I will be happy to tell you, Belfast is certainly on my list. Mm-hmm. But this is what I have on my list so far. You want me just to read them all out? And, and let me, let me just jump in here and say I respect that. I respect uh, the no number one uh, idea. And, and I'm, I've got a bunch of placeholders on mine. So, uh, so I'm, okay. I'm down with that. That's, that's all right. Well, then I'm going to tell you what's on my list. Okay. And, and it includes two movies that I don't expect to make it through to the final vote, but mm. that I adored this year and I just want to put them on my list. So yes. my, so I'm going to start with the first one, see whether it's on your list too. Cyrano. Maybe as the placeholder, <clears throat> certainly interesting. Uh, it got me as it went along, 
I guess, should we explain that it's a musical? I need something to die for, write poems and cry for, and I won't be ashamed. I'd give anything for someone to say that they can't live without me and they'll be it is a musical and it stars Peter Dinklage. I mean, yes. Cyrano as written is uh -huh. a swordsman and playwright uh, with a very big nose that interferes <laughs> with his ability to socialize. Pleasure to meet you, Cyrano de Bergerac. You're a freak. And you may remember, of course, that <laughs> it was updated by Steve Martin for Roxanne. Uh -huh. And and but, I thought that was lovely. His, oh, it was a uh, fabulous. Roxanne, yeah. Fred Shepsey directed. It was a wonderful movie. But, but now Cyrano we, is. Now we have Cyrano. Um, instead of a big nose, he's a little person. <laughs> played by Peter Dinklage and written uh -huh. by his wife. Peter Dinklage's oh. wife wrote this as a vehicle for him. And to me, you know, in a way, she's sort of the Cyrano giving him words, you know, and putting him <laughs> in this in this in this play. And and I just felt there's a lot of love and 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 then Roxanne uh, is the real life romantic partner of director Joe Wright. I just felt like it was a lot of love in this movie, <laughs> but it is gorgeous to look at. Fantastic performance by Peter Dinklage, and of course one of the most romantic swashbuckling stories of all time. And just gorgeous to look at. Yeah, yeah, the ending is just uh, is quite moving. Yeah. It, it is. Okay. Yeah. Now, the next one on my list is also black and white, and that is Come On, Come On. Mm -hmm. I thought that movie, for me, evoked the lived experience of being a parent more than any movie I've ever seen. Just yeah. that the constant <laughs> exhaustion, exultation, terror, <laughs> all of that, all at, at the same time. All, and I, I, and, and I gotta say, I, didn't think I would ever say anything nice about Joaquin Phoenix again after Joker, which I do like, but he's just terrific in it. Yeah. To visit planet Earth, you will have to be born as a human child. At first, you will have to learn to use your new body to move your arms and legs. You will learn to walk and run. So is that on your list? Uh, might be past the top 10. I was a little bit irritated by the amount of uh, tantrums that the kid threw. <laughs> well, he but... was going through a lot. <laughs> well, he was. <laughs> so, but uh, no, okay. it's not on my list. I All don't right. think, not yet. All right, next one on the list is uh, Belfast. Certainly. Yeah, Both that's of just us. a that is a great movie. That's another black and white movie. That is a great, great movie. And at the beginning uh, of Belfast, I had trouble getting into the brogue, into the yeah. dialogue. Yeah. But once I got there, I was there. And then as it got along, uh, I was really there. I, I think maybe several months ago, you were on a podcast with our friend Bob Mondello. And Bob said, uh, you remember Bob has a background uh, as a theater manager. Yes. And he said, look, uh, you know, there's a virus going on. Uh, people are being careful. But you can go to a matinee and there'll be four or five people in there. And I saw Belfast under those conditions. And, and it was uh, delightful. And the, the six of us loved it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I saw it at the Middleburg Film Festival uh -huh. yeah. where you had to bring a recent COVID test mm. showing that you were okay. And uh, yeah, the, the audience loved it. It's just, a, yeah. it's a beautiful, and it's short. It's a beautiful movie. And what I love is it's rare. You know, if you think about movies like To Kill a Mockingbird, it's rare to see a movie that gives you a child's point of view in such a tender right. way where we know what's going on even, and what we can tell how much he understands versus what we understand. And I thought that was extremely well done. Quite often the cameras at his level, uh, the, can we, we, meet, we yeah, need to mention yeah. the glamorous parents, Katrina Balfi and Jamie Dornan. And we just also have to mention the grandparents, Siren Hines. Uh -huh, and it's it's nice to see Jamie Dornan getting beyond yeah. the Fifty Shades. You know, now he I can look at him. He was hilarious in Barb and Star Go to Vista uh -huh. Del Mar. He really was. Yeah. You know, but yeah, uh, he's he is great in this. Barb and, and Star is yeah. is uh, hovering around uh, you know the past top ten, but <laughs> but that was a delight this year. It was. It definitely was. Okay. Now I don't think you've seen it yet, but also on my list is Don't Look Up. Yeah, it's a got a place holding. Okay. I'm holding a place. Okay. I, I have to say it is the most, it's not for everybody. It is the most savage satire since Dr. Strangelove. I hear there's uh something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. Uh, tell me the, the premise again. Uh, uh, the world, Leonardo the DiCaprio, sky is falling and nobody yeah, cares. Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Jennifer Lawrence are astronomers uh -huh. who discover a comet is coming to Earth. Meryl Streep is the president. <laughs> Jonah Hill is the chief of staff. And yeah, you know, it's shocking to imagine that it was written before COVID because a lot of it will seem familiar. The people are like, what do scientists know? You know? <laughs> a lot of a lot of fake news going on in this uh -huh. and, and a lot of political uh corruption mark rylance plays a kind of a cross between uh bill gates and steve jobs um, and uh, you know a little bit like the, the character he played in ready player one but more diabolical wow can't wait although am i gonna walk out of there with my head in my hands yeah yeah, that's well, what I'm said, afraid of. Well, as I said, it's a little bit like Doctor Strange, but you do need to stay into the credits because there's an extra scene that is that is definitely worth seeing. Uh, I thought it was just great, and I'm going to need to watch it at least one or two more times because mm -hmm. a lot comes at you, and I know I was missing some things. But oh, Ariana Grande is in it. It's amazing. You guys discovered a comet. I have a tattoo of a shooting star on my back. Oh, that's that's terrific. Now, when does that open? It's going to be on Netflix, and I think mm. it is the end of the month. I think we're not seeing it right away. Okay, great. Okay. It's sort of being there, taken to its complete extent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, Tragedy and Macbeth. That's a, another I hear, movie. man. That's what I hear. It's Francis McDormand. This is, this is Joel, yeah, Joel Cohen working for the mm -hmm. first time on his own without his brother, Ethan. And of course it's the play by Shakespeare mm -hmm. about a man who makes, is a fatally flawed character. And he begins the movie as a hero 
And then because of a prediction by the witches that he, he could be king, he does a lot of very bad stuff. By the pricking of my thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Of course, Denzel Washington, who is my favorite actor working today, yeah. is amazing in it. And Frances McDormand is Lady Macbeth. But you want to keep your eye on Corey Hawkins as Macduff. He is incredible. Mm. Uh, has so, no relevance to today, does it? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I really feel, I, I think it's because of sort of the heightened feeling of, of our times. Everything uh -huh. seems like po political today. The My Little Pony movie that came out this year, it seemed it was all about immigration. And, you know, it was... I, I, Anyway, all right, back to this. Okay, now, now is it is it set in the period of is it is it yes or it's yes. not an update? It's no no uh, no 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 right. no. And the costumes okay. are costumes are excellent. Okay, I have to mention that because you know my daughter's a costume designer. So oh okay. yeah, well, now incidentally, gonna... I was in a production of the Scottish play. We Where never would say the uh, right. title in uh, right. junior high. And, and it was, was terrible, what, but well, I was, I was Duncan. So I oh, just did the, you got killed off right away. Yeah, <laughs> story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm going to mention two movies that nobody has seen that are on my list. Okay. That I absolutely loved this year. Okay. The first one is called The Outside Story. Both of them were first ever writer directors and very hmm. personal films. The, the Outside Story, absolutely my favorite movie of the year in terms of just purely enjoying it. You guys were so cute together. Can't there be some hope? No, because we're not doing hope today. I think that's probably a sign you need to get out of your apartment. You need to stop being such a shut-in. As I said, first-time writer-director, uh, and it's, you know, the older I get, the more I appreciate movies that are, that I describe as nothing happens, but everything happens. And, <laughs> and this is just a movie about a guy who gets locked out of his apartment and for a number of reasons he's been kind of stuck inside his apartment for a long time he hasn't been out in the uh -huh. world and it's about the encounters he has along the way and each one is a little gem and then you realize how they all come together i just thought it was a beautiful wonderful wonderful movie. wow wow so i i just love that movie the okay. outside story the outside story okay and that's on amazon okay. um then uh, did you see the movie nine days uh, no, I have not. And I hear uh, from our friend Jason Fraley yes. that it's a must watch. Yes, it's definitely Jason's kind of movie. It is. Mm -hmm. I adore that movie. Winston Duke, who we remember as the guy who tried to take over the kingship from T'Challa in uh, Black Panther. Mm -hmm. Very different role for him. He plays a guy who has a job. I think I wish we, we all wish somebody actually had this job. He interviews souls to see whether they're worthy of living on planet Earth. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's a little bit like almost a Black Mirror episode. Uh, and Zazie Beetz uh, almost steals the show. You are being considered for the amazing opportunity of life. If you are selected, you will have the chance to be born in a fruitful environment where you can grow, develop, and accomplish. How long is this process? If you make it until the end, nine days. The end of the movie is one of the most powerful endings of a movie I've ever seen. Mm, okay, that's that's good enough for me. Then I've got Passing, which I know is on your list. Right, Passing. Loved it. Loved everything about it. Loved everything. Uh, it was exquisite is the only word you can use to describe the it. The acting, the production, the pace, the, uh, the, the, the uh, ending. The, the subtlety of it. Mm -hmm. Just and, as, and I want to 
you know, we 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 of course are are greatly admiring of the two lead actresses, Ruth Nega and Tessa Thompson. But I want to also mention Andre Holland, who I thought was terrific. Uh, from and Lumen. I've always been a fan of Rebecca Hall. Yes, this is her directing. But who knew? Yeah, she 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 had such a steady hand on it. Just uh, uh, a beautiful thing to watch. And she discovered late in her life that her heritage included some African-Americans. Mm -hmm. And so it really caused her to think about identity and race and, and that very much informed the, her approach to this movie. And again, I want to mention the costumes, which are beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May bring back the cloche hat, right, all by itself. I appreciated the fact that, uh, you know, it's set in the 1920s and the music sounded realistic. You know, they'll set a movie in the 20s and then the music sounds too contemporary. Right. And this uh, sounded like Duke Ellington when he yeah. was recording. So yeah. there were lots oh. of touches like that. Every, yeah, every detail just perfectly handled. Okay. Also, again, a person that I didn't think I was, I was ever going to have on my top 10 again, but he really got me was Paul Schrader with The Card Counter, starring another one of yeah, my oh, actors. I'm so glad you said that. I loved that movie. I, I loved love that it. movie. It's, and it's a lot not of a people, happy movie. We got to let people know. People were sitting in the audience scratching their heads when I left, but I loved it. I loved it. And Oscar Isaac, one of my, another one of my uh -huh. favorite actors, mm -hmm. deserves all the awards for this. He's, he's incredible. He's a troubled uh, veteran of uh, the uh, Middle East wars who uh, spends some time in prison, is leading a life, uh, uh, making uh, a little living, playing blackjack. And uh, he meets a young man, uh, the son of one of his uh, co, uh, one of his uh, army buddies, one of his interrogators. And they uh, bond and um, go into revenge mode. And Tiffany Haddish is terrific. Oh, yeah. Role. That scene where they're walking together through that illuminated display uh -huh. is just one of the most striking things I saw this year. I, I, I love that movie and I loved his performance. I loved everything about it. It was Willem Dafoe. It was great. And, the card uh, counter. I think the card counter is streaming now. I'm not sure, but I think uh -huh. it might be. I think mm -hmm. you can get it. There's a violent scene that is entirely off camera, which I really admired. I, but it's, it's left to your imagination, but you can hear it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What a great technique. Uh, and then my Paul last Schreiber. one, my mm -hmm. last one, um, which just got six awards the critics choice documentary uh -huh. uh, awards uh, is summer of soul oh good that's on my list too i'm going to be sure and add that so that people will remember it yeah uh it's it's that uh that documentary footage of the uh, harlem uh jazz festival in uh 1969 that was that nobody would do anything with until Questlove came along and and it's uh, it's a brilliant 
uh, documentary and it's a piece of the time and you know that's and everybody is in it i mean the list of people who are yeah. not performing is 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 uh shorter than the list of people who are who are performing i mean you've got the fifth dimension just a dazzling performance and 19 year old stevie wonder playing the drums i'll never get over that everybody is in this movie gladys knight and the pips everybody's in it staple singers Staples and singers. uh uh, you know, it's just, it's everything. That's so yeah. good. I just, I want to add, uh, just thinking about the year, mm -hmm. uh, CODA, Child yes. of Deaf Adults, which uh, is on Apple. And I have, uh, I've gotten the best feedback on CODA. And, and I hope that gets into the Oscar race for the sake of Marley Matlin and the young woman it's a young woman who hears and everyone else in her family is hearing impaired and she wants to sing. And, you know, how do you get that concept uh, over to uh, people who don't sing? And uh, she is so important to the family life that the idea of her going away to uh, a scholarship for a school to, to study singing and voice is uh, alien to them. And uh, the way it comes together is just, that's one of my favorite movies this year. Absolutely. She is, talking about a feel-good movie, she is phenomenal. And we've got to also talk about Emilio Derbez as her teacher uh, mm. is, is also really good. But yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful movie. Oda, and uh, I'll probably save a place for King Richard Yeah. Uh, this year. Just, I, you know, it's... It's Will Smith, and it's it's that kind of mid-America, uh, mid-level uh, triumph from adversity. Uh, it's, it's a nice tribute by uh, Venus and Serena Williams to their father and what he did for them, uh, for better or worse. And, uh, and you know, I, I think that's a movie that belongs this year. What about West Side Story? Uh, first of all, I want to agree with you about King Richard, and certainly no conversation about the Best Actor award uh, would be complete without Will Smith, who I think mm -hmm. is the front runner there. Yeah. And I also want to call out Anjanou Ellis, who plays the girl's mother, and mm -hmm. she's phenomenal in it. She is, yes. I, I, I'm a huge fan of hers anyway. <laughs> And uh, that the, the confrontation between the two of them in the kitchen, one of the best uh, scenes of the year. She's she's terrific. West Side Story was dazzling. You know, you say mm -hmm. to yourself, we already have one West Side Story. It got the best picture Oscar, a bunch <laughs> of other Oscars. What more do we need from West Side Story? And then within one minute, you go, oh, okay. Uh -huh. Steven Spielberg mm -hmm. and Tony Kushner totally know what they're doing. I loved everything they did that I don't want to say updated because it's still set in 1949, but it's it's uh, all the changes they made I thought were good ones and what a joy to see Rita Moreno. Uh, yeah, yeah. And she yeah. did a fabulous. She she could get another Oscar for the same movie. And the young lady who played um, Anita, mm. I became a huge fan of hers from Schmigadoon this summer. Uh, and... I, was, I was wondering when you were going to bring Schmigadoon up. <laughs> I got. I still got to watch that. What's that on? That, that is on Apple TV Plus. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, you love watch, that show. Well, she's one of the stars of it. Uh -huh. And no, I I was 
I mean, dazzled is the only word you can you can use about this. I thought it was wonderful. The young girl, very very young girl, who plays Maria, has uh -huh. got a wonderful voice, and no Marnie Nixon here. No, no, no. And and you know uh, the kid who plays uh, Tony. I uh, don't have a trained voice, but I thought he was fine. I, and I thought there was chemistry between Tony and Maria, as there needs to be. Definitely. And I think you're right in saying that Tony is not supposed to be operatic. Speaking of chemistry, it's mm -hmm. time for us to pitch it over to Lou Katz in the offices of Hound Radio and the headquarters of the CATS podcasting system. And then when we come back, uh, we need to say a few words about Stephen Sondheim. What is Hound Radio? It's the best breeds of music. Like classic rock. say you want a revolution, well, you know. And a whole lot more. Oh, radio. Speaking of West Side Story, uh, I did go to a screening of it, and I was uh, particularly appreciative of the fact that uh, when uh, the credits rolled and uh, Stephen Sondheim's name came up, because as you know, he wrote the lyrics to West Side Story, the audience burst out into applause. And I'm sure, like me, you have many memories of uh, Stephen Sondheim or uh, just uh, things you want to uh, mention about him. I do. You know, Stephen Sondheim, it cannot be overstated what a force he was for 20th mm -hmm. century theater. And, right. uh, and the, the range and the the ambition of and the artistry of his work uh, is 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 just unsurpassed. And I'm going to say something in listening to his lyrics, which are wonderful uh -huh. in West Side Story. You, as wonderful as they are, you see that how much better he got over the years. I don't right. think I don't yes. think that in you know today he would have written that is not the Maria we know to rhyme with Chino. I, you know, yes. uh, that was a little, a little forced, but I will say that, that I have been listening to a lot of Sondheim uh, this week and my favorite is still a little night music. And I want to mention in particular there's a trio with one person singing a song called Now, one singing a song called Soon, one singing a song called Later. And the way that those three ideas come together is, is incredible. The song he wrote for, the two songs he wrote for Madonna and Dick Tracy are, are brilliant. He just, you know, and he never stopped growing and challenging and changing. And even on the, the shows that he did that were flops, like Bounce and uh, the one based on the... The, merrily the one, we merrily roll we, thank you merrily roll yeah. he just kept tinkering with them and working on them and i just uh, you know he's, he's it's just, a great just, loss it's a great i loss. have some trivia about him that okay. i just looked up did you know 
he wrote uh, he co-wrote the script for the early 70s movie the last I, of sheila of course i know that <laughs> i went to see that i was a summer intern i was still in college uh -huh. i was a summer intern on capitol hill and all my friends and i went to see it and you know he was a big fan of crossword puzzles and word yeah, games yeah. and as you know the solution to that mystery that murder mystery is a very intricate one that you, 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 you yes i do know that he did that. And he used to have mystery parties with Anthony Perkins. He and Anthony Perkins wrote The Last of Sheila. And mm -hmm. uh, that's that's just an interesting sideline to him. Yeah. Well, uh, we're wrapping up. Uh, the time is coming to a close. And uh, what shall we recommend for this weekend? You know, uh, last week, uh, the new Disney movie Encanto opened up mm -hmm. uh, with mm -hmm. uh, music by an up-and-coming young guy called Lin-Manuel Miranda. And uh, <laughs> he's having he's having quite a year, and and I also want to recommend the movie that he um, directed, uh, Tick Tick Boom, with Andrew Garfield. Oh yeah, and yeah. And I want to say something about Stephen Sondheim in that. Bradley Woodford plays Stephen Sondheim in that movie, but at the end of the oh. movie, there's a, at the end of the movie, there's a voice, an encouraging voicemail left by Stephen Sondheim. And I could tell instantly that was the real Stephen Sondheim. And yeah, mm. that may be the last we hear from him. Is that he's that sounds like something he would do to kind yeah. of uh, help uh, Lynn Mar Miranda and the next generation. Exactly. I just want to mention Belfast. I think if you really love movies, you should go make the effort to see Belfast and Coda on Apple TV. And speaking of Coda, child of deaf adult, but the Coda here is uh, it's time for us to wrap. And now, Menno, uh, it's always such a pleasure to speak with you. And uh, good wishes with the WAFCA Awards. And I'll be voting along with everybody else. And we'll see how they come out. All right. Thanks, I'm Art. putting my money on Belfast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it's a good bet. Even Thanks. money on that one. We'll be back next week. I'll tell you who won the WAFCA Awards. I'll tell you how awards season is shaping up. And I'll tell you what's good. And where it is <laughs> this is the cats podcasting system where it's not just a podcast but a pod cats